Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And this week's episode is sponsored by Brown Lab Media. Brown Lab Media is focused on creating and promoting original content, personal brands, businesses, or anything media-related by people of color. So if you have a chance, feel free to check them out. The link is www.brownlabmedia.com. So this week we are doing our first ever interview and I think we're kind of getting into the groove of me and you talking and we kind of want to like get a little bit uncomfortable and try to go like a way that we've never gone before. And we're interviewing Phil. Um, We met him briefly when we were in Chicago for a Mm -hmm. Peruvian reunion. So he's also adopted. We're going to dive into his story and kind of see where he's at, where his story kind of started and where he is now. Yes. And that will be coming to you in three two one go (laughs) like you guys i like sharing the story because it's pretty unique Mm -hmm. you can't really say a lot of people just can't say that they're adopted from peru and grew up in like the suburbs or something so where i can't remember where we met you because i remember we've been on so many like reunions and then we went to peru and like wisconsin and chicago and i was like where did we meet him yeah i'm pretty sure it was chicago and I think I only went to one in Chicago because I, I went to, when I was like really young, I guess like five, six, seven, ten, 10, that age range, I went to a few with um, my mom kept in touch with another adopted family. And we, I forget where we went, but we used to go to proving reunions like almost every year or it was like a few times. And then there was a big gap. And then I went to Chicago and that's where I'm pretty sure I met you guys in Chicago. I think I was like 15. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think we were like 15 or 16. Yeah. And that was a great trip. And I just remember, you know, just being like a teenager and in that group of people, I thought it was pretty neat just to hang out with other people like me and that's why I was so interested in your podcast because, you know, I don't really get that anymore. You know, at least, you know, since I was 15, I haven't been to a Peruvian reunion or anything. And I do know a few people that are adopted, but you know, it's all different. So when I started to listen to you guys, I thought it was really cool that I could hear you uh, speaking and it was very similar to just like my stories and like my situation. So immediately I was like roped in with what you guys are talking about. That's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's like a lack of adoption from like that kind of the region of uh, the world. You know, there's a lot of Asian adoption and just like, you know, you're saying in country mm-hmm. adoption. So yeah, definitely something that, you know, should be talked about more. I think they're pretty interesting stories. So, so just going to kind of jump into like an intro of where, your adoption started. Yeah. Um, It's funny because I was actually back in Philly like two weekends ago and I like mentioned this podcast. I was like, mom, like I want to download like some information for me. Cause like for me, obviously I wasn't really there. I was pretty, pretty young at the time. So uh, she kind of, you know, went through like a few things and it was interesting, like 1990, 1991. I was born 1991, January 4th, during like the guerrilla warfare in Peru and how crazy that must have been for my mom going down there. 
trying to get a baby out of the country. Um, she was a single mom. What's that? You have a single mom. No, no. So interestingly enough, uh, my, both my parents went down and it was supposed to be like a two week thing. I think like go in, sign papers, do everything, leave. But it turned out being four months because of just everything that was happening. Uh, Laws were changing. The process just became a lot longer. And so my dad was down there for, I think, like two weeks or so, maybe stayed a little bit longer. Then he had to go because he had to go back to work. Um, He couldn't stay down there forever. So he left my mom down there by herself to go to court, you know, meet with the translator and do everything she could to get me out of the country. And that took like four months. So I just, I can't believe, I mean, yeah, that must've been just really an incredible time. Um, And I was trying to like, you know, talk to her about it. And one thing, and it's interesting because I was listening to your podcast um, and just about going through um, adoption papers. And I actually did that. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm. So, you know, I, I pulled out a few things, but my mom pulled out an old notebook that she kept when she was there. And she like wrote down everything from like my, how much milk she was giving me, uh, like what she was feeding me, like what happened that day, you know, what's going on like in the city. Um, and I, I kind of wish I had that right now, but <laughs> she, had all this stuff um and it's just i was like mom you gotta like write a book or something because that's that's probably a pretty incredible uh story but yeah just reading like the day after day like things that she went through like by herself during this you know during like you said guerrilla welfare like the shining path was really prominent Mm -hmm. what city was she in well i was born in Wankayo. okay and that's in like the Andes. I think it's it's high up there. It's like ten thousand elevation or something. Mm-hmm. But I think the adoption process was happening maybe in Lima. Um, but you know that was and and for her like one story. I think I kind of remember she was saying that um, there was a time where she needed a translator or she needed a translator the whole time because she spoke English and no one spoke. English really and um, the translator like didn't show up one day and she's supposed to go to court and do all this stuff so like I think that happened like a few times where she'd kind of just get abandoned and you know it's like what do you do like you, you gotta go meet go to court and like do all these things and you don't even have the person there that's supposed to help you with that yeah, um, yeah so like incredible but she got me out um, took four months and then brought me home to Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up in uh, Villanova. And ever since then, you know, I've lived in like the, I guess the suburbs for most of my life. Um, but yeah, like l- lower age, like outside of Philly, uh, suburbs, went to private school, eventually went to public school. Um, Curious, but, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, there you go. Uh, do you remember the first conversation that you had with your um, adoptive parents and uh, talking about, you know, you being adopted? 
sort of. I think, you know, there's like a point where you like know you're adopted yeah. and then you're something's strange here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like the first time we talked about it, you know, we just, you know, we just, it was just like what, you know, what, what's happening. Um, and she kind of explained it to me, but I know like the first time it, it didn't really register to me. Cause it, to me it was like, you're my mom, like you're yeah. my mom. That's my dad. Uh, and then I think like, you know, it took like a couple of conversations for it to kind of sink in. And I think I actually remember a time where like, I got really upset. Like it actually sunk in and I was like, this is weird. Like where, where's like the parents that gave birth to me? Um, and I forget when that was exactly, maybe I was like seven or six or something, but I got upset and, you know, I was crying and it, it just was, it was like, life didn't make sense for a moment, but it took like maybe an hour or two for me to like come around and be like, it's fine. Like my mom was there and she's like, we're all, we're a family. Like that's all that matters. So yeah, it's, it's, I think like trying to digest that at a young age and trying to like, was that the first time she told you around that time or was that maybe an ongoing conversation that kind of just got up, brought up again? I think it was probably an ongoing thing. And like the first time, like I was saying, like I probably didn't get it. So it was like, it took a couple of times for it to kind of sink in. And then, um, it just, I guess it's just, it was kind of just like an involving process. And then when I got older, um, you know, it was just a part of me and it's just always been a part of me. So it's just something that I've obviously accepted and I love it. You know, I, I love being adopted and, and being Peruvian and being unique and different. So it's like the best thing that I love about myself is just being that type of, you know, different. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I like that too, like kind of going into a job and then everybody's like, you know, your first day at your job, but they're sitting around and like, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you're like, oh yeah, well, like I'm adopted. And then you just get a spew of questions and then all eyes are kind of on you for a little bit and like, you're like, yeah, I kind of feel cool. And it's like, it's a really nice feeling, especially like you said, if you've had like a pretty good adoption um, and especially like your adopted parents, they seem really cool. So it doesn't seem like there's too much, you know, problems there i know for us it was a little bit like we kind of had a stressful childhood just because we were like rebelling did you have any sense of that not really um you know it was yeah it, it was really just like and maybe it was part of me just like putting it behind mm -hmm. myself a little bit and just being like that's just that and that's that like i'm not gonna you know really question it and maybe that's a little naive but um, yeah, it, it wasn't really like, there wasn't really a point where I was like rebellious to that fact that I was adopted. It was just something that was always a part of me. And, and I was fortunate to like connect with a few friends that, you know, are different. Um, so maybe like you were saying earlier, like it was easier for me to just kind of sink into my own skin or whatever, because of the people that were around me and the environment I was in. I, I've grown up in a pretty accepting environment, you know, maybe if it wasn't that way, like I'd be a totally different person or, you know, my young, my experience 
experiences when I was younger as an adopted Peruvian would be completely different. Yeah, it's interesting that you know, you had. Uh, I was curious because when you were talking about that, the one thing that kind of about how like it didn't kind of it took some time for it to sink in. I think one of the aspects um, that I take from my own life is that I think one of those factors which you kind of touched on was just like friends and then being like what can I see like why why is your mom like white and, and like I, I you know like those kind of awkward conversations and you're just kind of like reminded again that like oh yeah I suppose she is like a different skin color as me like yeah I don't know yeah. you, you know what I mean like those kind of things as you're definitely in like when you're a teenager it's kind of like I don't know you definitely have a mix of emotions about that but yeah yeah you're totally right and like you just saying that like does remind me of all those times that that <laughs> happened. Um, and like at the time, like I was saying, it was like, it is what it is, you know, yeah. it's like, um, but yeah, like that question did come up a lot when I was growing up because I am totally different. Uh, but you know, it didn't linger too much. It was just yeah. like, Oh yeah, it was my parents. They <laughs> don't look like me at all, but they're still pretty cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> eventually like you know and i went to private school too so uh it's like closer knit group smaller classes so like once my friends like met my parents it like became a normal thing for a long time so it wasn't like you know it, it kept coming up too much um but yeah it was it was like a pretty accepting thing yeah it's interesting too that you said that because i actually went to private school myself and my experience from that is just so genuinely like well my specific private school there's a lot more like white kids and a lot less of a diverse community they were very understanding of um you know it was never really an issue obviously like anything that was you know could be any kind of issue was was none so i guess it was just one of those things that it was kind of just staring at staring you in, in your face you know what i mean where it's just like kind of the skin color was always there that it wasn't your skin color it was like one other black guy and that and that was it was just me and it was just kind of it's one of those things, I don't know, maybe I'm not ba making any sense, but just... No, I think you are. When, when you're just around, like, a lot of other people that aren't like you, it just kind of, like, sinks in a little bit deeper. I don't know, that was my experience a little bit. Definitely, like, being a teenager just wasn't... All the hormones and emotions was not... It's an inter interesting um, experience. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, um, you know, there are points where it's, like... I can remember just being like, yeah, I'm the only like brown kid in this classroom. There's only like a few um, minorities in private school. Uh, Especially being but, in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. It just became like a normal thing. And, you know, I, I knew it was like different, I guess. Um, and that's why like I was really happy to go to public school. Because I went to private school from first grade to eighth grade and then public school and high school. Um, so I, I really enjoyed just kind of breaking out of that little bubble and meeting a lot of different people um, and just kind of expanding like my realm of friends and having different experiences. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, it was interesting to compare and contrast, I guess, the two and and uh, have different experiences growing up in different types of environments like those two. Yeah, I'm interested about your adoption papers. Where did, was there anything that you didn't know that you learned? So I 
saw those, I think, like, right after college um, when I, like, really wanted to kind of dig into them. And the first time I looked through was the first time I realized I have, like, six siblings in Peru. So that was, like, a, a really big thing for me to kind of realize. Because my mom had, like, mentioned mentioned it to me when I was younger, but, it, like, it didn't really click for me, I guess. It wasn't, like, you know, something... Um, that I was going to pursue immediately. And then reading it in college, it was like a whole nother thing for me. Um, and I think kind of on a tangent. Uh, so here's a good story. My Facebook name was something weird through college. It like wasn't my real name. And I changed it to my real name after school, because I was like, all right, time to get a job, like time to like professionalize my, my online self and, and let's go. Um, so I did that. And I shortly after, I think it was like a few days after I did this, I got a message from somebody with my last name, my birth name, last name, which is Orihuela um, on Facebook Messenger. And immediately, like, I got that feeling, you know, when, like, your, the hairs stand up on the back of your neck and I'm like, whoa, like, who, who is this? Because that name obviously is, like, I only associate with, like, my adoption papers that are, like, that's your birth name. Mm-hmm. So I messaged back, uh, you know, just trying to figure it out. And I don't remember exactly what the text conversation was, but she was basically saying, like, I'm your sister. Mm-hmm. And you know, we went back and forth. And at first I was like, I, I didn't believe it, but I was like, this makes too much sense. Like she's around the same age, the right age she's supposed to be at. Um, and, you know, well, a few weeks later, like I'm on a video call with like my family in Peru mm. because I changed my name on Facebook. <laughs> so that is that so was- funny though. I mean, cause you said it just a few days later that it's kind of like, I want, I'm curious, you know, I'm not sure if you asked them, but in my head, I'm Probably like, we're looking every day. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, like were they looking yeah. every day? Like, yeah. and just, just like very, cause I'm sure they had your name and then, you know, for it to pop up one day and for them. So how was that? How was the video call? It was cool. Uh, it's tough because I don't speak Spanish. So there was definitely a lot of like awkward silence. <laughs> where like We can only like communicate in like this, this way where it's like, hi, what's happening? How are you? You know, you might like, I, I couldn't yeah. have the deep conversation and I still yeah. can't have the deep, the deep conversation that I want to have, um, with them, but it was really cool to just see everybody in a room together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was surreal. Like, did you and, look like them? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the weirdest part, yeah. you know, because I don't, you know, growing up, it's like, I don't look like anybody. <laughs> so just to see that and um, to kind of have a conversation and, you know, see them all together was like, that's when it really clicked for me, where it was like, I have this family that's in a different country. It's not the family that I have here that I grew up with, but it's still my family. And ever since then, like, you know, I've tried to keep a relationship with them and, and talk to them, texting, whatever. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that that happened at that time, right after school. Cause I think if it happened like when I was in college or something, like I might not have focused on it as much. 
So right after school, um, I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, that's so... I feel like timing is everything with that, too. I think especially when I went back at 13, I think it was really overwhelming to have met them then. Um, <clears throat> to kind of have that responsibility almost to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, I have two families. Like, what do I have to, like, support the other one? And you're 13. You don't even have a job. You don't really even understand what it means. Um, but kind of like a lot of weird guilt kind of going on because you, you see them in such a worse position than you are in the United States. And so that was really weird. So I think, yeah, maybe learning at a, an older age, there might have been a difference of kind of, like you said, it kind of clicked, you know, maybe it clicked a little bit better. Maybe it was a little bit easier to accept that while wow, these people mm-hmm. are out here and they exist and like, I'm here too. And to see them for the first time and just to just, I can't imagine, you know, doing it, doing it that way, like through a video. And then, yeah, like those awkward silences and just kind of like, whoa, like, whoa, is this happening kind of thing? Yeah. It was so surreal. Like I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't believe like it was happening. Um, and like, fortunately they're all doing so well. Uh, I have a brother who's an engineer. Another is like a musician. Um, you know, it, it's not like they're not okay. You know, I'm, I'm really happy that they're able to, to just live and, and do everything they want to do hopefully. And, uh, I think that was really awesome to, to hear about is that they are doing well because it, it would have really definitely been, been harder to learn if they weren't doing well and to, to deal with that and, you know, put me in a position. It's like, what do I do there? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see your mom and dad too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And kind of going back to like my adoption story, uh, when my mom was down there, there was no father. And mm-hmm. even on the papers, there wasn't really a father. Mm-hmm. So, when she was there and, and actually when I, when they brought me out in the room, um, my mom was there and there was this guy there, but at the time he was supposedly like my uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what, you know, my, my mom thought or what she was trying to believe, but I, I'm pretty sure she like was like, that's gotta be the dad. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it was cool to see him uh, and kind of have that, that picture because like my only, the only time I've heard about him is from when my mom got me. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really cool to see him and my mom together and all my siblings. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was surreal. Yeah. Especially going, you know, I think just kind of learning about adoption papers and thinking like about how a lot of it's, it's a little bit easier to say like the dad's not involved, you know, to get your child to be maybe adopted. And so maybe that's why he was kind of like the uncle at the time. And it, you know, maybe just the, the, the nervousness of maybe what your mom was thinking of like, okay, well, if they know the dad's around, like maybe will they not let me give him up for adoption and all of these things. And I, I always kind of think of like what our moms were thinking of at the time, you know, and like, the kind of the sacrifice that that they had to make and like what kind of like things that they told or things that weren't real or all of these things. It's just very interesting, but that's so cool that you're able to meet both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Curious on what, uh, do you know the ages of your siblings? Yeah, they're so the oldest I think is like in the mid to late thirties, so I want to say like 38, 37, um, another, I think is just below like 34, 35. Wow. 
and like 31 and 28, like my age. Yeah. So there's, this is an interesting, um, little tidbit. (laughs) Uh, I had my adoption papers and I could see all the, the ages when I was adopted. Um, and then when all this Facebook stuff happened, I realized that I have a younger brother that's 20 years old or when I, I was 21 when this happened. So he was a year younger than me. So he's, I'm 29. He's probably 28 now. Um, and he looks a lot like me, which is weird. That was interesting because, you know, you got to think like what's going on there. Like, you know, you, you had me and then you had another child right after me. So that was interesting. And I didn't, and I, I've thought about it, but, you know, I don't like sit on it. It's just, I don't know the situation. I don't know what's going on um, in that moment or whatever. So, you know, it's, for me, it's just like, it's a really cool thing. And it's pretty awesome that I have a younger brother too. It's, that looks like a lot like me. It's, it's very interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's cool because, you know, when I went back to, I was so weird. And even now just video chatting my parents and my brother, um, me and my brother, he's about, about five years younger than me. Um, but we have the same mannerisms and I was actually thinking about this today. It's like, we have some of the same weird habits and the same weird emotions where, um, you know when you mess with somebody too much and you just like poke and poke and poke and poke and then when they flip out on you and then you're kind of like oh my god like you kind of get like that like scared and they're like well you've been poking me and like that's kind of how him and I were I remember a time when we kind of got into a fight and I remember thinking oh my god he's so sensitive but then just looking at myself and just being like oh my gosh man like you are the same person like you cannot be mad at this person and it's weird because you're not you weren't raised with them, but you still have these same, like, whether it's just your facial features or the same, like, mannerisms or the same way you move or walk. It's just, it's so interesting because you're just, you're separated completely. Yeah. No, it's... It's strange. <laughs> yeah. It's like having, um, like, seeing kind of like an alien for the first time. You know, there's somebody who could, looks like you, but it's so foreign. But, but have, yeah. But it's weird though, because you have the same, you know, you're, you you share the same blood as these these people you've never met, and I guess yeah, that that thought just really like you know, sometimes I I, I do think on it, you know, I guess because you know as you get older you start thinking about life and you start thinking about you know where you come from and just like maybe you can't change anything, but like just like sitting down, you know, and it's just like I just thinking about like I don't know that that there's a whole other you know side of your life that you kind of don't like now but it's it's been there and it's in your blood and you're just carrying it with you so it's like you know as you were talking about you know seeing your younger brother and him him looking so similar to you it's like you know words can't like really describe what that feeling must feel like but Mm -hmm. definitely feel that yeah yeah the first time like seeing pictures on facebook and the video call it was like you know crazy because like you don't don't grow up with that it's like no one looks like me and then that's it you know there's no mannerisms or anything so to see that for the first time was like really cool are you an only child yeah i am an only child uh there i do have um stepsister and two stepbrothers okay but they're way older than me <laughs> they're like uh you know 30 20 years difference so okay. 
um, I didn't grow up with them in like the same house. So I was, I was pretty much always like an only child. Okay. Yeah. I think that contrast is interesting too, because you're an only child. And then to think of you have other siblings too, and kind of to feel what that would maybe feel like, you know, to kind of like have to share parents and to kind of understand like the relationship between like other people, right? Like the fights and the weird things you have to go through as, as you grow up. And that's, yeah. are, do you ever think you're going to go back to like, to the meet them in person? Yeah. You know, it's something that like I've, I've always wanted to do. I just need to do it. And I think there's just a part of me that maybe is like resistant, but I just got to do it. And I, I think I, maybe I just keep making excuses not to go, but like I've, I've said a few times, like I, I got to go back. I got to do this. Um, it just hasn't happened yet. And, you know, I, like I talked to one of my sisters um, here and there in Peru and, you know, they've like invited me to a wedding or something, you know, things. Um, and I like, I can't go at the time or whatever, but, you know, I know if, if I go down, like, I'm pretty sure they'll welcome me and it'll, it'll be a really great experience. Um, and, you know, I have lots of stuff going on in my life, but something like that, like I, I do, I should make time for and, and make it happen. I just gotta, I just gotta do it. Yeah. I feel like it's a bunch of kind of unknowns. Cause it's like kind of the reason why you might not want to go back to sometimes is you don't know what that's going to bring you. You know, you don't know what kind of emotion it's going to bring or if it's going to evoke or wake up something or, you know, untapped potential or, ah, you know, you never know what you're kind of getting yourself into. Um, I mean, it's one of those things, too. It's like, what if you go back and you don't want to leave? You know, there's always these crazy possibilities. And I think of um, I think of that often, you know, the duality of like having a, a life here, but then also kind of wanting to live a life there. Um and just not understanding sometimes what that necessarily means. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love to travel. You know, I love to go experience new things, food, you know, whatever. So, you know, it should be easier for me. But I think it's just, you know, something that. It's because it's like not a vacation, right? It's no, not it's a so vacation. Personal. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage there. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like just going down there. It's like it'll change your life for sure. And uh, you know, it's hard to prepare for. Yeah. It's it's funny cuz I keep I keep wanting to go back to and I haven't been back for maybe 5 years and we went to Cuba I think last year the year before and it's like I kind of felt guilty because I was like, well, I haven't been down to Peru, so, like, maybe I should go back down there. But then it's like, well, but you just want to relax, and, like, you're not necessarily going to relax down there. It's going to be tense and just different kind of energies than you would feel, you know, if if you were on a beach, you know. It's so much different. But do you think, do you know of any reason why you might not want to go back? Like, do you have any big fears? Not really. I mean... I guess one of the excuses I keep making is that like, I want to learn Spanish mm -hmm. before I go back so I can personally talk to them and not have like a mediator or translator in between us. But that's a silly excuse. Cause I could do that, get a translator and, and make it happen. Um, and I'm sure it would still be like a very rewarding thing and it'd be great for everybody. What, um, what city do they live in right now? I they're still in Huancayo. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. So, uh, you know, it, 
I guess it's not, I don't think it's, Huancayo, I think is like a pretty big city. I think there's like 50,000 people or so. It's, it's not like a small area or it's not remote. So I think it'd be pretty accessible too. Yeah. And they're all there. They're all in the same area. I think so. Okay. I think so. How do you feel Maybe. that, um, you know, that they're, they're doing really good and it's kind of interesting because you said they're, they're um, like artists, you know, they're more in the creative field and, and so are you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting too. Like one, I'm pretty sure one's a civil engineer, uh, which is very close to what I do is, you know, civil engineers design roads, um, lots of hardscape things, highways, bridges, uh, which is like something I almost thought I was going to do. Um, and then another is an artist, like a musician. So that's pretty neat. I used to, I, mean, I used to play guitar. I love music. Uh, so yeah, that's, that is pretty neat that, that, that happened. Um, I don't know if it's just coincidence or whatever, because I know like some families where like siblings are totally different, you know, it's just how it is. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool that they're, that they seem similar to me, but I don't know for sure, I guess. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because it's, you know, you don't know necessarily like their upbringing or, you know, what opportunities they had or didn't have. Right. And so I feel like if maybe other families that were, didn't have as much money and they had more opportunities, then maybe they would be similar to, you know, their siblings who were adopted but that I think that's really interesting I think that's really cool that you can kind of like like how did you guys end up kind of in the same field you know somewhat of this I, like don't know, creative... I think there's something uh, a little bit deeper than uh than this like, coincidence yeah you know, like I, is it in your DNA I don't like... know yeah it's a pretty interesting thought maybe yeah I've been um wanting to take like the ancestry like DNA Cause it's like okay, like I know I'm Peruvian, but like I'm going going like, deeper. Yeah, I want to know more. Like I don't know. Like is yeah. it like I don't know? Cause I just feel like there's you know there's like Afro Peruvian, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I, it would be interesting to see. And then Japanese. Yeah, there's a lot of like Japanese and like the influences and and just down there in general. So it's yeah, I think that would be interesting too. And just who knows? Yeah, I, I've actually wanted to do that. Um, I think that would be so interesting. Like, what if I'm, cause I've always like, people ask me this too, is like, are you hundred percent Peruvian? Or are you, what are you? You know, I'm like, I always think I'm like a hundred percent Peruvian. Cause I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know, like, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'm like, what if I have an Argentinian background or Chilean or, or what, but yeah. um, I think that'd be really interesting to know. My, like, yeah. one of my biggest fears of doing that is, like, finding out that I have, like, some kind of, like, European in me because, because. Mm. I'm tainted. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, not tainted, but, well, kind of, I guess, maybe because you think of, like, yeah. how the conquistadors came in and, like, they abolished everything and, like, they were raping people and, like, all breaking up families and killing people. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. But obviously, like, we're all probably a no escapes. part of that. You know, I feel like we're all a part of that. It's part yeah. of our history. I just th this Friday maybe a paycheck comes in maybe just bite that bullet get that hundred dollar test and just do it and yeah so you never know yeah you never know yeah I I hope someone gives gives it to me for like a gift or something because I I think they are pretty expensive like there's a there's different levels I guess you can get yeah and it's um it's weird because recently I had um what is that called uh, like a DNA what what was that called the testing oh I had genetics testing um I had cancer maybe like when I was like 21 or something I don't remember um but it was just um 
it was interesting because I wanted to get tested. They gave me the opportunity to have my genetics tested. And they're like, do you want six? Um, I know I'm totally blanking on what it was called. Chromosomes? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Do you want six strands tested? Do you want 12? Do you want 30? Or do you want 60? And 60, I think, was all you can go. And I was like really debating it. And because I was like, okay, do I want to? I really just wanted to find out if I ever have kids, will I be passing down like thyroid cancer to them? Or any other cancers, because I think my sister had ovarian cancer. And so I was just kind of like, okay, I just kind of want to know. And um, I just went for 60, all 60, because I was like, just like, just do or die right now. Like, just, I won't just tell me, just tell me, don't tell me, but tell me. <laughs> like, it was so nerve wracking. Um, and uh, yeah, and I don't know, it didn't necessarily like, it, well, it showed me that I'm not going to have, I'm not going to pass thyroid cancer down. It showed me I have like two weird, like, I'd have to go back into it because it was super like BRCA2 or something like a potential for cancer that they've that it's like they said that um you'd have to come back every year just to make sure that this cancer isn't found um in other people it's just some weird genetic thing that they found in you and they don't know if it will develop to anything but mm. they're like okay if people might have the same thing in a few years you can come back and see if like yours relates to them or if it shows any kind of pattern I mean, I haven't done that mm. in like two years, but Maybe I should, should try. And see. Time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it kind of just opens up new doors into like what what you really are. Because I mean, being adopted, we don't know any kind of like health history at all. Like we just kind of go in, and they're like, "Yeah, so did your mom or dad have like heart problems or blood pressure?" And for me, I kind of like I know this kind of sounds bad, but I kind of use that to my advantage because recently. Um, I went in for my heart because I felt like weird palpitations like when I was running. And so they're like, well, do you have any family history? And I was like, yeah, I think my dad had like heart disease or something. Obviously, like I don't know. But because I was adopted, they're not going to fight with me and just be like, oh, well, show me the papers or let me look up his stuff. But I guess that's interesting, too, because you could always ask him. No, like because no because no. they don't really go to the doctor. It's oh, not like I, a that thing. Makes sense. It's not like they don't have insurance or anything. They're just kind of like. Yeah, I, but I could. I know my mom has, like, really high blood pressure. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but. but, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a weird thing, I guess. And I, I know a lot of people don't like not knowing, like, their, their family history of that. But I guess when you're, like, not as, you're pretty healthy for the most part. It's not debilitating or anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, like, fortunately been very healthy. Uh like my teeth, like everything. Like it, I, I really, like, I don't have many allergies. Like I don't get sick that often. Um, I'm like, O negative or O blood type. Uh, although here's an interesting question. Do either of you have gallstones? No, I have what's, kidney stones. Kidney stones. Okay. Gall- and your gallbladder. Yeah. Oh. So I got blood work done because I was changing life insurance plans like a few years ago and they detected high liver enzymes, which basically says you have um, a deficiency in like your liver or gallbladder. Uh, So I was diagnosed with like a fatty liver or liver disease, I guess is another term. It's Mm -hmm. not that serious, but it leads to gallstones. Mm. So I have gallstones and that was like the first time like I had something really annoyingly bad with me. It's not too bad at the moment, but at first it's like an incredibly sharp pain Mm. in um, like right near your lungs. And Mm. it 
like doesn't go away for like hours it's it keeps you up all night like you get very sick like it's a terrible thing and i kind of learned that it's more prevalent in like indigenous americans like native americans uh wait where did you say it is like you said by your lungs yeah it's like right below um you, you like touch like your lower rib cage i guess it's like, We're like both touching lower rib right rib cage <laughs> oh, it's like wow. right there yeah so it feels like when it's really bad it feels like someone's like stabbing you <laughs> like in the, in the gut that's wild um, so you're probably like just having like these stints of just like oh god like why is this hurting me and you're just like oh yeah. give it an hour it'll go away and only did you realize that you know oh shit <laughs> and it was weird because like i got i got that back from the blood work and then like a week later i had like my first really bad attack um, um, and i actually lost like 20 pounds like immediately because wow. it's it's so basically like your gallbladder like makes bile which helps you digest food uh but the more fatty foods you have the more bile is created uh, and what my gallbladder doesn't do is like secrete the bile very well so it would get like stuck and gallstones would create get created so the less fatty uh, foods i have the less chance i have for that to happen so i like cut my diet completely yeah. like it was a, it was a big life change um, now I've like slowly gained some weight back and I'm like, I'm still doing pretty well, um, with gallstones and everything, but it was a big change for me. And it was like the first time where I was like, Oh, this is genetic. I'm pretty sure. Like it's, it's because I'm from, uh, or maybe I'm just like more indigenous or something. And, uh, you know, I, I think from what I was reading, it's like, I'm not, my body's not used to a Western diet as much, mm. uh, whatever that means <laughs> no, guess, that, like that would make I sense i mean it's a yeah you're like the like generation zero you know you, you've never you know your, your family's history like you know bloodline hasn't been in america or this part of the world and, that, and all the culture and stuff that you know yeah and i mean down there they're always i mean for, i can speak for my family just they're always making food at home they don't ever really go out like I remember going out, I, w I was there for a month and I was so, I wasn't sick of their food, I just wanted American food. So I went into the town and I got, um, I think it was like Papa John's pizza. Um, and they didn't even have pepperoni down there, so they put ham on it. And I was like, I just want American food. And I just remember thinking how stupid and selfish and like, ugh, but annoying so I was. While like, you know, just the thought, you know, like for generations and generations, you know, our families have been eating like the same thing mm -hmm. over and over again, per se, you know, it's like. Yeah. We're like the first generation that we're all experiencing all these different kinds of foods that our body is kind of enduring day in and day out as we get older. That well, yeah. that's like that's kind of scary actually oh to think mind. about. Yeah, I know, yeah. Because then <clears throat> to just think like, I don't know when I, when I eat like not so good foods, I get really uh, my stomach feels funny. I just feel like bloated and and like I don't even know. It just it's a horrible feeling, and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is just with age that that this is happening. But no, like you just opened up a giant like a wormhole now that I kind of want to explore. <laughs> Be right back. I'm gonna go to doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um. Yeah, and I I totally believe all that too. Just from like a background in in landscape architecture, like I've worked on um, some like agricultural stuff or like permaculture where you know, you really focus and you study about like what you put in your body. You know, if, if it's low in nutrients, it's not as good for you. If something's really high in nutrients and it's grown well, 
then it is really great for you and it's going to make you feel good. You know, mm. if, if you eat um, processed food, like it's just, it's, there's nothing really good for you there or not as good for you as maybe something that's, you know, straight out of the ground or whatever. But I'm sure it takes so, your body so much like more energy and like to, to, yeah. to, for processed food to digest. And like, that's probably like where the bloatedness and the just uncomfortable is coming from. And so probably the yeah. reverse of that, no? Because it goes straight to your organs when oh, it's processed, and it's and the uh, I don't know maybe I'm not a doctor. But Damn, we're gonna have to have like a dietitian <laughs> on or somebody because that's actually like kind of that actually kind of freaks me out because yeah you're right we are kind of like patient zero. Yeah, setting the 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 standard for future generations in this uh, country. No more McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you're cut <laughs> off, Sam. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, and like after I got gallstones, like I said, I like cut my diet completely, and that's kind of stuck with me because I know like if I was to, oh, first of all, like through college, I was eating so bad, like Domino's every night, like just, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it now. I'd feel like crap, and I'd probably be in a bad spot with my gallstones. But um, like ever since that happened, like I've definitely focused a lot more on what I'm eating, and uh, my diet is a lot different. And right after, I could definitely say, like, I felt more energetic and, like, things were really good. Um, and I think it's still there. Like, I, I'm still really conscious of, like, making sure I have a lot of, you know, greens and things that I know are grown well or whatever. And I do think that really makes a big difference. It's kind of like a blessing in disguise, you know, because it's like, I feel like when you have all of these options to order, you know, at your fingertips, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm just going to have this tonight which is, it's kind of annoying, you know, a little bit because it's not ever really necessarily that good for you. But for you, you kind of have to watch it, watch what you eat. And like you said, you dropped 20 pounds. Well, kind of just like, wait, sorry, it's lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, more of like a, like a push, you know, a push to do better. Like something kind of came in and it's just like, you have to, you can't do this. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. Like, I guess kind of yeah. like drinking. I remember now. Okay. So it's like the gallbladder is like a good thing in a way that you're saying. Because if, you, if it wasn't affecting you, you could just go on your life, just binge eating or drinking whatever you want until all of a sudden it just hits you like a brick. Yeah. And then not, and then you'll be at a point where it's just like, you yeah, you really, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like for me, it was, it was either I, I change my diet or I'm going to be in pain, like serious pain. So it was like easy for me to like yeah. lose 20 pounds. It was like, don't eat bad and you'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. Because um, there is a surgery you can get. I can get it taken out, and supposedly, like, I won't have this problem. But when I asked uh, a surgeon, he's like, well, you could do that, or you could just change your diet and, um, you know, just exercise is really important, drink water, uh, mm -hmm. do the things that you should be doing to be a healthy human being, and yeah. you should be fine. So like, All right, I'll do that and save myself the surgery. And, you know, also, like, it's helps me not gain weight. You know, it's, it's kind of like this thing that's, like, keeping me from uh, having two cheeseburgers in a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so interesting, though, because my dad actually, now that you're talking about it, just reminded me my dad had gallbladder surgery. He has his out. And I'm just like, did you even have to have surgery, Dad? But, like, he, he's the type of guy where he's just kind of like, he once told me I'd rather die. I'd rather die fat and happy than skinny and miserable so i'm just like all right so that's why he got us out so i mean maybe that's yeah. not the case maybe it's something else but i could be wrong but just after talking to you and hearing that like that's kind of like a no-brainer right 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, can do whatever they want. And, you know, that's why we live in America because you can go, you know, eat whatever you want and, and consume. And that's, that's where we are. And I totally, you know, it's whatever it wants to do is cool with me. Cause my dad, like, is very similar. Like he wants to eat whatever he wants, even though like, you know, maybe he should be like watching his weight or doing something to, to be more healthier, but you know, I want him to be happy too. So there's, there's definitely a balance there. That's so funny though. Oh. Where you fit into it. Like, yeah. You know, I don't want to be the enemy here. I just, just want to love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Have you ever, um, cause I know when I, like, I don't speak Spanish either. I can understand like a little bit, but then when they t- start talking fast and my parents speak, um, Quechua also. So then they bring that dialect in and I'm just like totally clocked out. I have no idea what you're saying. Um, but have you ever tried like Google translate? Uh, not really. No, I probably should. I should probably look into that. Yeah. Cause it's like. It's not always the um, exact same thing. So my sister was having like, she she was, okay, so an example was like, I would type in the word dad and it would come up as like papa for some reason. And then it would make that into potato, like papa, like papa's free does is like french fries. (laughs) And so it was just like, wait, we're talking about potatoes or we're talking about your stomach. Like I'm so lost. And so that was kind of interesting, but just kind of like starting to pick up on like what Google Translate does or doesn't do. But now it's like, it's interesting because I just got, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but our iPhone's just updated and it's like, okay, now there's a translating um, application on there. And so that's kind of what I used down when I was in Peru um, because I lived with them for two months and I, it was really hard to communicate, but I would, I downloaded that. I'm like a Google Translate, and we were just typing back and forth to each other. And she would speak into it, and then it would translate it, and then I would speak into it. And so it wasn't, it's not necessarily the best, but that's how I know when I was looking at my adoption papers, I was like, I had like two screens up. I had my adoption papers, I had Google Translate, and I had, oh, I had three, I guess, and I had Facebook. And I was just like going back and forth, like typing all of this stuff, just like panicking, because I'm like, I don't, I'm just praying that this translates right, um, just to ask like all these big questions. Yeah, I try to do that too. Like when I'm texting uh, my sister, I you know I try to like copy paste somewhere, translate, and then it doesn't come out right. But then I do have to like kind of piece things together, and then a minute or two later, I can finally respond. You know, it, it is a slower process, but at least it's something. I'm sure like in the future or maybe soon, like we'll be able to have like some type of thing that's gonna translate in like a second like google glasses or something like or like a microchip that they put in your head or something like yeah exactly that's coming around or even like a little device that you just speak into well they do have those yeah they do have those when i went to peru i was thinking about getting one but it was pretty expensive at the time um yeah sometimes i don't yeah i'm like do i even want to know these questions because i always have questions too like deeper questions but then i just kind of just revert to how is your day kind of thing (sighs) yeah i was gonna ask you um is there any like do you have if there's anything you could ask any one of your family members maybe your mom your dad or your siblings like what what question kind of just pops into your mind kind of on a deeper level in in a little bit but like just curious to know i mean i've thought about it and i've when I go down, I want to like go through their entire life story, which is a lot. But obviously, like the big question is like, why did you put me up for adoption? Why? 
happened in the moment where that was uh, something that had to be done. So that would probably be like the big question. And then everything else, like you want to know, it's like, what was your childhood like? You know, what do you do now? Like they have kids. So then it's like, what's that like? So many things. But yeah, yeah, like big question for sure would be like, I want to know like what was happening at the time where uh, putting me up for adoption was like a necessity. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely interesting how you you were talking about, um, you know, your mom being there with like an uncle and. And that could, I think, yeah. turn out to be your your father. It's just, I don't know, it's pretty uh, just interesting um, story. I can't even, like, yeah. wrap my mind around yeah, it. Yeah, because be what if she has, like, some kind of, like, giant story? You know, it's interesting because you don't, you don't know. The papers don't necessarily say anything. Sometimes, right. sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't, especially they're translated interestingly. And you just kind of those things kind of linger on and you don't know and and like what feeling would that provoke you know it's like these are so like uncharted territories and uncharted waters that you're going that you're walking through um especially seeing them and like it's interesting i'm sure like seeing them face to face on camera you know might be different than like being able to touch them and hold them and be like oh my god like you're my dad like you're my mom and you're my sibling it's just kind of something completely i feel like when i went down it was um i couldn't it's nothing you can like prepare yourself for. I feel like everybody probably has different reactions like you. Do you remember meeting your sister for the first time and like what you felt? Yeah, actually I was going to say something too cuz like my sister actually is very similar in age as you were saying that your younger brother is. And ironically my sister also looks very very similar to me and yet my older brothers they don't really look similar to me. So when you were talking about that I was kind of like, "Whoa." Like, yeah, I actually I have that question too. Like, what's up like kind of like what's up with that? But mm-hmm. but on top of that, yeah, um uh definitely like the the love factor you know what i mean like i don't know when when they all like embraced me even even if it was such a long way back i definitely still felt that love it's weird it's like i i i have so much love for my mom but that love that they just it i just you just felt it i don't know how With to describe siblings? it yeah it was like oh, the way yeah. they held you and just just I don't know. It was just oh. this kind of like just being coddled again. It's like a weird feeling, um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, weird. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I think the last time I went down, I was about twenty four, twenty five, and um, my mom was in the back seat of the taxi car driving me back up to the mountains where she lives, and she had just you know just had like put her arm around me and grabbed me and I was just like this little kid like wrapped up in her armpit and just like just it was so uncomfortable I was so uncomfortable but I just remember thinking like oh this is my mom like it's just kind of funny and like maybe like embarrassing but like she didn't have any deodorant on and so I was just like you're like it's hot it's in the summer she kind of smells but this is my mom and I love her and like she's holding me and it's just yeah it's like, like nurturing kind of feeling where it's like huh this is like Maybe it's like that because your blood. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to think. Yeah. Yeah, that's love. Like all that stuff kind of goes out the window because you love each other, and that's that's it. You know, it's yeah. That feeling must be incredible, just to be there and and to be in her arms and be there in person. So you have yet to I go back to Peru, right? Yeah, I haven't been back. Oh, wow. That that should be uh 
pretty uh, awesome adventure. I can definitely see why you're kind of a little hesitant, um, you know, obviously with everything that that entails. It's just, wow. Because I feel like we were kind of forced to go back a little bit because our parents were kind of like, oh, let's get together, like, on this trip for, like, the adoptees that are all going and, like, you, you want to go? And I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, I was like, eh. eh. But it's weird, though. Yeah. It's like, sorry, go. No, I was like, because uh, at the time, like, 15 or so, 14, you know, it was like, yeah, I was like, eh. You know, it wasn't that, it wasn't like it is now, I guess, for me. And I, it just wasn't something that, like, I was going to fight for and be like, mom, we have to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would have been, like, my parents being like, all right, we're going to Peru and this is happening. And it would have happened that way. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't happen. I, I, I wish it did. Like, I wish I was on that plane at that time and it just, it just happened, but it just didn't. And, you know, I, I, I want to go, I, I gotta go back. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like especially getting older for me, like, I don't know why it is, but like this topic of like dying has come up recently in my life constantly. And so it's kind of like, if you don't do this now, Megan, like somebody might not be there and so then I'm just constantly like trying to push my mind in that way because it's kind of like it's now or never kind of thing and especially when it's like something I don't necessarily want to do like it's hard to you know like call your birth family because like you said you don't really speak Spanish so you're kind of like hey like you want to see uh you want to see my dog you know and just like show them and they're like oh yeah it's the dog with the big hot like giant eyes and you're both laughing and they're like yeah you want to see the um you want to see the bull that I have? And you're just like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, look at the sun and look at the grass and, and just simple things like that. But it's kind of like, you know, you kind of miss out on the like the deeper connection. But it, it's nice still. But it's like kind of tedious at a time, too, because you're just trying to, as much as you want to have that conversation, keep going and flowing, it's kind of, it's just not there. Yeah, just like stay connected and like still be in their lives in some way and you know, that's what I do with when I'm texting my sisters, like, you know, how is everything going? Especially now, like with COVID and everything. Oh yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure that they're okay and everyone's healthy and they're doing okay. I think my mom is not doing as well as she could be, not because of COVID, but just because of age. Mm. And uh, I think she might have something wrong with her colon or something. Okay. Um, but that's a little scary because of COVID, you know, if something happens, if she was to get COVID or something, it could be really bad. Yeah. Um, but at least I know, like, and I asked and I could ask my sister, like, how are you doing and how is everybody? And she can give me that information. And at least I know, like, you know, I'm kind of up to date on things and it's not a long conversation, but at least it's, it's something. And that's, that's something maybe I should do more. Like maybe I should reach out more and talk to her and, and get more information. But like you were saying, like, it's so tough to like, mm -hmm translate and to get a full picture and story when it's just like a few words here and there um but but yeah like maybe i should push more and and do more to like find out you know exactly what's happening um but it's tough for them too because they don't speak english and it's probably hard for them to explain so yeah it's a two-way yeah. street and especially, I know down there, I was watching this little, like, mini, like, documentary. And I think it was called 14 Days. Um, and it's based in Peru, and it's this girl. And the reason it's called 14 Days is because the president just kept saying 14 days, and we'll be able to open Peru again 14 days. And he just kept doing this um, over and over and over again. And I know in the very beginning, 
of COVID. And it's weird, right? Because I only know this information because I was watching YouTubes on it. I didn't like, or videos on it, YouTubes. Oh my gosh. I was watching <laughs> videos on it. Um, but I didn't ask. I didn't really ask. I mean, I, I was just reading things from friends in Peru and, you know, it was, it just automatically translates in Facebook um, when you do a post. And so it was weird just thinking back to it. Like I didn't really necessarily ask too many questions about COVID. They kept asking because we're in like the Mecca of COVID in New York city. Um, they're just like, your mom's worrying about you. You're, you know, she's worrying. She needs to talk to you. And I'm just like, all right, just tell her I'm fine. Tell her I'm fine. But um, I know that there was in the very beginning, they couldn't go. It was like the, the, Males and the females were separated. Like, males could only go grocery shopping on, like, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays or something. And and then at first, it was also, like, your DNI, which is kind of like your driver's license. If you had, like, an odd number, you could only go grocery shopping on this day. And so they had a lot of weird, like, regulations in Peru, and the lines were just deep. Like, they they were standing in line for hours and hours just to get to a grocery store. And by the time they got there, like, there's really nothing left, and... I feel like in here it's it was so much more convenient. I mean, not it's never convenient to have COVID, but there I feel like they went through like yeah. just they went through the ringer down there, and they still yeah. are. I'm pretty sure it's still closed off. Yeah, yeah. your guess is as good yeah. as mine. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being pretty bad down there, and I'm not sure how it is now exactly, but it's yeah, it's probably tougher than it is here, especially in some places in the U.S. where it hasn't hit as hard. Yeah, I was curious. Like, who? I don't even know who the president of Peru is right now. Do you know who that no, is? No, I don't. I feel so weird not knowing that. Yeah. yeah, things that I don't think about, but maybe I should think about at some point. Because <laughs> it makes me feel like less of a like a Peruvian, right? Because it's like we're so proud about being adopted and being Peruvian, and then we're like talking about all these things that already previously happened to us in our lives. But like, do we even know? Like. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a me thing. Like I'm like, okay, am I even like really Peruvian for not even knowing these certain things that are going on down there, like po politics in general? Like I, w I remember I went voting with my sister down there, and literally she just she just went to a certain. It was a school, and they had their ballot box was a paper like I think it was either a paper bag or it was um like a a box. No, it was just a box, and they just cut a slit in it and you just put it in and that's it and you just call it a day. Like, it was so weird. But That's crazy. No, I was just, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was just thinking, like, about how, you know, just corruption and all those things. That's probably, I was going to say, that's probably why there's a lot of corruption down there. Yeah. Just based on that one example you just. Yeah, because it's, like, nobody, yeah. it's not, nobody has to be responsible for that at all. You know, just throw them away and just, like, it never happened. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I, like, I definitely think of myself as, like, American first. But, yeah, like. Peru is such a big part of me and yeah like I, I, it's funny because like I really like the Peruvian soccer team I follow that probably more than like current events in Peru oh what's what's that guy who uh got in trouble because of the coca uh the co coca leave what's it the, the tea oh, yeah. um uh Guerrero Guerrero yeah Guerrero. yeah see like I know that <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um, and they just like made the World Cup. Um, oh really? So For this this upcoming yeah, they, one? They made well the they made the last World Cup. Oh okay um, okay okay. It was like the first time in thirty years. But and then that really happened cool. though, right? Because then that like they made it there, and then he got in trouble, and then he couldn't play. Yeah, I, I guess he didn't play the first game. He might have played like subsequent subsequent games, but uh, 
yeah, like it was cool to watch the fans in Peru just like go crazy for this team because he hadn't been there in 30 years and, you know, everyone's crying when they make it. And I felt like that's really cool. Like I'm Peruvian, they're Peruvian. We can enjoy that together. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me uh, pull out the old Jersey in uh, the closet real quick. It's like, that's yeah. something I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like sports, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was really cool. But, but yeah, like I don't, I don't follow too much with like Peru, uh, news or things like that i mean now is so crazy too because it's like we have so much going on here it's like i'm struggling to just stay up to date on like current events here and, and what's happening it's it's all so crazy yeah definitely I, I know i definitely struggle with um that duality of just you know being so peruvian but just at, at certain aspects like i want to be more involved but other aspects i'm so that i don't want to be more involved i just just trying to deal with my life here if that makes any sense it's yeah. like where do you find the time like you said it's hard to even keep up with everything going on around us right now and then just like just growing up in general and like i don't know i always feel like i'm still a kid like i always feel like i'm 16 just chilling and then all of a sudden like a, a reminder on my phone comes up pay your credit card and i'm just like oh yeah now i'm an adult now and it's like i should be keeping up with these things but do i necessarily want to like not all the time you know current events but i know yeah but then it's like does it make me less of a peruvian i don't even know it's just one of those things i just started i started reading um like a lot more books that that are like about peru or like biographies in peru so i'm like i'm trying to do my part but. yeah yeah it's like you, you can only do what you can do and you know i'm still peruvian at the end of the day and i was still born there and i think that's like the, the most important thing for me is like that's what i can hang on to and still still an american but still born in peru yeah i like that i like did you did you see your um passport when you were looking in your papers yeah like your yeah. little baby passport it's your passport yeah <laughs> so that cute yeah it was weird yeah. for me to see that. I was kind of like, huh. Like, it actually made it a little bit more real. Because then you see the stamp. It's like, Cusco, then to Lima, and then, then to America. And I'm just like, huh. Like, I really did travel. Because, you know, you don't remember. Yeah. And all the paperwork, like, everything. I think the really cool thing was just to, like, kind of read through and look at, like, everything my parents had to do before they left. Like, everything they had to sign and, and make sure they were good people and get testimonials and, like... You know all that stuff just to like go and get somebody and get me you know it's like that was crazy to, to look at and read through because there's so much you know effort legality behind it all and you know just to like go through all that read through all that there's a lot in there mm -hmm. um and like then you'll like come across like my uh like when they checked me for like health mm -hmm. in like as i was a baby like this is like my, my mom told me is like a lady came out um, to like check do a checkup on me. Like he's healthy, um, mm. so she came out and like looked at me and was like, "Okay, he's good." <laughs> that, that was my health exam <laughs> from oh. Peru. So and then like there's a little piece of paper. It's like check. He's he's healthy. I'm like okay, sounds good. <laughs> that um, is so funny. Yeah, so many like papers and signatures and you know, attorneys and 
and then like my nationality, like getting uh, getting my citizenship here and all that. Like it's it is cool to look through and, and see like you know how that all kind of went down without even you know knowing about it or, or you know being there consciously almost. Yeah, and to think like you said, kind of how much paperwork had to be done and how much prepping before they could even go down there, you know, all for this little baby that they don't know, you know, all to bring back home. And it's kind of like, it's interesting when I think about that because um, it's a gamble, right? They have no idea what they're getting themselves into health-wise, especially if that was your health visit, you know? Okay, he's good. You know, like flip him over, 10 fingers, 10 toes, okay, we're good. You know, just (laughs) one of those. And that's just... It's, it's wild to think about, like, the the amount of, like, love and patience and, like, work that our parents had to go through just to get us here. Um, yeah. And, and you were a, um, oh, no, you did. You said you had you had step-siblings. So was there a reason why your mom adopted you or your parents adopted you? Yeah. Uh, my mom was trying to have a kid, and, you know, she couldn't. She had a couple of uh, failed pregnancies, and, you know, it just wasn't happening, and and my dad at the time, she she was like thirty nine forty. My dad's like thirty nine or forty nine fifty at the time when they're adopting me. And like my, my dad, like had already had three kids. Like he was like done raising kids. Okay. You know, <laughs> they're already in their twenties. Like, um, but my mom like really wanted a, a child. So, hmm. you know, he loved my mom and was going to go through all that and and do all that to, to get me here. So, you know, she, you know, that, that's, that's such a great thing, you know, that, that he could do that and, and we could be another family and, and be a family together. And it's, it's such a great thing that all that kind of like came together. You know, what if my mom had a baby, you know what I mean? Like, I think about that a lot. Like, what if there's so many, what ifs, like, what if that happened? What if this happened? Like the, the train course that, happen for me to get into this point of my life or just to be here in general mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. such a crazy thing to think about at least for me it's just like so many things had to happen for this to happen it's just it's crazy to just wrap my head around sometimes get so much anxiety like with that thought you know i yeah. I, I mentioned it to you all the time sometimes and i'm just like yo i'm i'm so th-, like to the point where you're just like you just envision yourself like waking up like and you're, oh my god like still here like you know that thought process i haven't that hasn't happened but like you know just to think like you said of all these kind of like decisions and choices and things that were left out of everyone's control and it just all boiled down to this one moment when your mom and your dad came down and got you and took you out and it's just wow like you know it's one of those things like you say you just can't can't you know wrap your mind around that Mm -hmm. it's one little yeah like one little movement to the left or the right and things couldn't have gone a certain way and it's kind of like how is out of all the millions of people yeah you just have to kind of sit back and think i've never had that experience though where i'm like okay is this real or not well yeah i mean it's not like you know i haven't woken up being like oh my god like yeah but like (laughs) the thing like has like the the thought is so serious and it's so like emote thought like emotion provoking kind of just like i love i like because it's like i love my life here like i love everything i i have here I just you know my upbringing my childhood i don't want anything to take that from me mm-hmm. and i guess even the thought of like how crazy the narrow chance of um, that not happening just made me just that much more thankful but a little kind of just you know like yeah. relax you know like it's all good you're you're here but um every once in a while i definitely get into that 
train of thought where I'm just like, wow, like really happy that I'm here now. But yeah. 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 I even think it's like kind of contributed to just like approach life for sure. Like, um, I'm a very open person. Like I'm a very accepting individual. Like I see two sides to every story, like glass half full, uh, because of like, I guess what's happened to me, it's like, if I can happen, if I can be in this place and all of these things come together, like almost anything is possible in my mind. Like, you know, there's, there's always, you know, another way to do something or whatever. Uh, and I'm kind of like a go with the flow type of guy. Like I used to have like a nickname, like chill Phil, like I'm <laughs> so chill. Like, um, but it's kind of like maybe in the back of my mind, it's like, uh, everything like happens for a reason or like, you know, that's going to be fine because like, things just happen and they happen. And, you know, it, we're on this like, you know, pace through life where different things link together and then certain things happen. And I can definitely like relate that to like my story and just things happened and things came together. And then here I am, you know, sitting in Connecticut. Uh, and I guess I kind of live my life that way where anything can kind of happen at any moment, you know, enjoy what you have and, and do what you can in every moment because, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and you can also like, you know, change directions here and there and that's okay too. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how you live your life too. And I think that's super powerful to be able to kind of be like that, that quote, like, you know, be one with like with water, you know, be fluid like water. I'm, I'm totally uh, screwing it up, <laughs> but yes. Um, because I mean, that's important. And to think of like, like you said, there's two sides to everything, you know, especially, I didn't want to get political, but like politically too, you know? And I, that's yeah. kind of like reminds me of you and like you're, you're kind of like always for the underdog or the, you know, for people, for what people might not necessarily want, but you're looking at both sides and saying it could be this way because of this or just looking at it differently. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, I attribute some of that to you, like, like you said, like to, to where you come from too, in terms of like how you want to live your life and, and the things that you want to aspire to to do because of the opportunity that you've had, you know, like we've all had, you know, we've all been blessed with this like wonderful gift of adoption and these wonderful parents, you know, and, you know, you just want to kind of like you're, you're on top of like, you know, you're, you're the first, you're the first like lines of our family in America, you know, the very prosperous like nation, you know, it's like you want to, I don't know, like I think about that. Maybe my family back in Peru might not have had those kind of, you know, possibilities. And so I'm going to, you know, just try and find my happiness, but also try and like, you know, I don't know, a little bit of a ca carrying that with me, you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, when, when you have goals and, and you want to accomplish them and you have that in the back of your mind being like, you know, it's a good pressure. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like opportunity and just like cherishing that. And I, I think like recently now, I don't know if it's just me becoming like almost 30. I like look back at like growing up and like my teenage years college and everything and i just become so appreciative of all of that yeah for now for some reason and like i i do see my parents more often now than i did when i was like in college because i was going doing other stuff mm -hmm. um but i can talk to them about it and be like hey like i'm really appreciative of you know the schooling you gave me and where i grew up and what you did the effort you put into like make sure I had friends that were around me that were good people or whatever, you know, I become, I become so appreciative of all of that. Um, because it's, it is just like this great opportunity. And, 
I'm just so happy that it all kind of, it panned out the way that it panned out, I guess. But, but yeah, like definitely recently I've, I've like gone to my parents and been, and just talked to them about things that I've, I've like, wow, like I can't believe I went to that private school. You know, I can't believe that you helped me out with getting on, you know, soccer teams or, or sports or whatever. It's like, I don't know why I'm just becoming so appreciative of that stuff, more appreciative of that stuff now, or at least maybe I'm expressing in it, expressing it in a better way now to my parents. Um, because, you know, when you're that age, you just go through it and then that's that, you know, but now it's like, I can just reflect and, and really just see like, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm really happy with, with how, um, childhood is gone. And, and now I'm going to be 30 and I don't know, I guess <laughs> crossing over into the, the 30s <laughs> is there's something to be said about that, I guess, or maybe it's just thing we're all making up in our head <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think was it you get the other day who said like 30 is a new 20 or something and or maybe it was a show or something and they were just kind of like 40 is a new 30 and just kind of going like that but no i think um i agree with you i've been texting my dad a lot more lately i think when i was in college and stuff it was more like i would talk to my mom like every single day but now i'm starting to reach out to my dad a lot more and just be so much more appreciative because we really butted heads as teenagers I just really butted my head with him a lot um I think we're just both very like emotional and both very stubborn and both really kind of like want to win like so it's always like a kind of not a competition but kind of a competition you know um especially like that but now you know as you grow up and you're just kind of like damn dad like I'll be doing something and it's something he taught me and I'll just reach out to him and be like thank you you know thank you for like taking the time to teach me how to do a b or c and just, yeah, feeling that kind of, like, gratefulness and, like, openness and willing to talk about those kind of things. Because, like you've said, you know, when you're in high school or college, you might you might have just taken those things for granted. And you're just kind of like, well, I'm in school because I have to be here. And your, your mind's all over the place and, like, school and, like, friends and everything. And, like, family's kind of in the back of your head. But now you're getting older and you're kind of, like you said, kind of, like, crossing over into whatever 30 is, you know, because we're almost there, too. And it's kind of like, all right. You have to look back. And I think for me, too, it's kind of with, with people dying um, and just making sure that I let people know, like, how grateful I am, how much I love them. Um, just, just try to say, like, I love you every single time I see you. It's it's I think that's important more now than it's ever been. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and my parents are are definitely older. So, like, I, I you know, I, I have to think about, you know, the future and you know, what's, what's going to happen in 10 years or, or 20 or whatever. But, you know, I, I, yeah, like you were saying, like, I want to make sure that every moment is cherished when I'm with them and we can talk about things openly and just reflect and, and, you know, express everything and, and have it all out there and, and know that I love them. They love me. And we can, you know, talk about that and talk about other things. Um, and I've also been just kind of like, I guess I, I guess I wasn't as, I would, I guess I didn't express myself that well when I was younger. I think I'm getting better at that. Uh, I think I was like more passive or like just more like uh, quiet when I was younger. So even though like in my head, I'm like, Oh, I want to say that I didn't, I didn't say it sometimes. So hmm. I think I'm getting better at that. Just getting older and being able to just say things and um, you know, don't forget to say like, I love you here and there because that really makes a difference to people and to yourself and 
um, in the moment, you know, just things like that. So just for me personally, like I wasn't like, uh, that outgoing, I was outgoing, but I wasn't like a loud kid, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I think I'm changing a little bit or just getting older so I can reflect and, and be more open about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like as you know, like this time, like we're, we're reflecting, I feel like it's a, a theme in, um, all of our lives and, and like you said, it all relates, you know, you're connecting the dots. You want to, you know, know more about where you came from. And also with that being said, you know, being so grateful for your, for your mom and like for me, my mom, and like even the things that going down the connecting the dots again, and just going down when you're a teenager and the things that you might even have thought that really was annoying. Like, like my mom had these manners was just really annoying. And I see it so tight at her for it. But um, now that I'm starting to get older, I'm just like, wow, that that's that's you. And that's what makes you super like amazing. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you're able to like, she has a great friend group. And that's something that I'm super proud of. Because, you know, as you get older, definitely friends and, and people going in different courses in their life, you know, you know, next thing you know, you just like, you guys are just like not really talking anymore. And that's just kind of sometimes the reality of, of life. And it's just nice, like you said, just those little things, like remembering wanting to, to spend time with, you know, your parents and, and just being around, you know, your family is just because you, you never know, right? Like everyone's getting older and, you know, pretty soon it's kind of like you're, you're going to be like the, what the is it like a family. Yeah. But, um, history book mm. of like your family knowledge mm. of, and it's kind of like here, younger generation, this is kind of yeah. like how we did things. And like, I might not be them, but I'm going to try my best to kind of keep those traditions intact. And so that's definitely something that I'm thinking about. I'm sure you're thinking about. It's like, yeah, because we're yeah. the only people, I guess, who can like carry it on. Right. Like now we have this opportunity, like we're we're Peruvian and we're American. And like, what traditions are we going to uphold when our parents are gone? You know, I think about that often. You know, your mom's Jewish and um, celebrates all the Jewish holidays. And like my family is like christian and tell like they're not they, they don't like go to church all the time they're not very religious but like they celebrate still things like easter and christmas and things like that and you know it's it's weird because as you get older and you want to start a family or you know or not but you still have these traditions that you get to kind of uphold or not and and you get to really kind of be that the head of the household now you know the head of the family and you get to change directions especially being adopted it's kind of like huh like i get to like you said you get to kind of change kind of your destiny or, or what your family becomes yeah it's kind of like a big yeah. responsibility <laughs> yeah like i've wanted to like record my dad because i'm jewish too oh, wow yeah, I've wanted to record my dad doing the uh, the blessings because he does it in a certain way. Oh. And I'd like to do it in the same way and not forget. That's a good... So yeah. if I record him, yeah. then I could do it mm-hmm. the same way or at least attempt to. Yeah. And then and have that forever and then keep that going. Um, because I like I was I was pretty Jewish growing up. Like I went to synagogue almost every Friday. Uh, I got I'm a bar, I'm a bar mitzvah. Uh, I even did confirmation and like I studied up until like I went to school basically. Wow. And I'm and I'm a reformed Jew. I'm not like conservative or anything, but it was a big part of my life. So naturally, like as an only child with with my parents, like we'd have Shabbat dinner and we'd do all these things, these traditions. Um, they kind of just faded away after I went to school, and now they're like almost gone because I'm not with them. And you know they might do it here and there, but it was such like a thing with the three of us that we could do. 
uh, and I cherish that so much. So I want to do that um, when I have a family, hopefully. And I, I want to like keep my dad's the way he does the blessings and things like that. Cause I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, get, that, get that tune right. And, and you know, have that. So I, I got to like remind him to record it sometimes, or I just got to like put my phone down <laughs> one, one night when he's, when he's doing it. So I have it. Yeah. That's what I started doing recently <clears throat> when my, um, with my grandma, right before she died, I started like kind of recording her. And then when your mom talks a lot about family, I just kind of put the, we were going through your adopted papers. Like, don't mind me. Like, yeah, I'm just kind of like <laughs> non, like, because, you know, it's awkward, you know, when you're being recorded and you're just kind of like your mannerisms might change up. But yeah, to just kind of like, I was just kind of flipping my phone. Like when you were talking, I was just kind of like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, my, my check, my check. yeah, like, uh, <laughs> start again, repeat that. Yeah, right. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's so important. But no, definitely with like um, uh, Judaism, the one thing I, we were talking about that um, yesterday a little bit, but I guess one thing that, because you were talking about like the diversity and like all these mm. different kind of set, like, you know, uh, communities and how they, you know, what they kind of hold more closer to them and what they don't really like kind of dabble with in terms of like being reformed and, and being, you know, not, not so reformed. And um, I guess what I love about uh, Judaism is that there's so many different ways to do um, blessings and, and different traditions. And I just remember thinking about that, you know, like sometimes when I was younger, just my mom going over to like another uh, family's uh, house and it's just like different. I'm like, mom, why, why are they singing it like that? We sing it like this. And it's like, well, that's just how they do it. But it's like that thing that when you grow up, you start to realize, wow, like, huh, this is how we do it. I like that. Yeah. So, I like that too. You know, it's, it's so unique. Yeah. Like my dad does it a certain way and I'm, and other people do it a certain way. And I, like, yeah. like you said, I think that is really cool about Judaism that there are little like different changes here and there that, uh, that stick with you hopefully. And then, you know, you can keep it or leave it. And I think that is really neat. I really, I really cherish, uh, being Jewish, I think that's really unique too. Like I'm a Jew from Peru. I don't know if you ever get that, but I've gotten that plenty and it's, it's so unique. Like, um, my last name Schweiger, which is like very German. Like it, it, I just have such like a strange, um, unique background. Um, but yeah, Judaism is such a big, still a big part of my life that, uh, that I really cherish, especially like when I was younger. Yeah. Did a uh, question, did you, um, do the birthright? No, I wish I did. Huh. I wish I did. Yeah, no, I, uh, I did it. I did it. Um, the only reason why I did it was because one of my friends was doing it. I'm just like, all right. I'll, you want to explain what it is I'll for do people it. who don't know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, true. <laughs> um, birthright is a, I don't know, maybe maybe you can explain it better. I don't know, birthright is a, kind of a ability, I guess, that all uh, Jews have to go back to their homeland and uh experience uh judaism and get a very round picture i guess a whole well from my experience a whole different kind of views of specific you know jews and and whether you're like a religious jew or you were just born in the jewish state and and how your feelings about that because it's very like um can uh, be a little bit uh you know it's a uh, conflicting it's a it's a topic of uh discussions so in terms of like yeah. you know the jewish history and, and the of the country itself but um yeah 
Yeah. So. I really wish I did that. Like, uh, like it's funny because it, you can still go back. Yeah. Like, cause basically I think this is how it's done. Mostly like, doesn't your synagogue like fund the trip for you? Like, I don't know. I, there. I might be, um, but they also have, um, There's different like programs you can do. Yeah. So like I could have gone like after college, like I, I could have gone when I had time, uh, like I didn't have to go because there's a certain age when I think some people go, but yeah, like I could have gone and I don't know why I didn't go. Cause I'm pretty sure it would have been like mostly paid for like yeah, one of those free. things that like, I totally regret <laughs> <laughs> not going. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'll go to, um, Jerusalem eventually and go to Israel but uh yeah I wish I did that that would have been really fun especially with like you know people my age experiencing that together I think it makes it so much better when you're with a lot of people too yeah and speaking of like I know my mom was talking to me about this earlier how um uh one of our rabbis from a congregation went down to Peru to because there's a whole bunch of peruvians indigenous peruvians down there who practiced judaism but didn't know it was judaism so they went down there and they kind of like helped them like understand that and what's cool is that after they did that they all went back to israel so like there's it's kind of cool it's like a whole like community of like jews uh peruvian jews that are that are in israel so and i'm was, sure there's still like peruvians down there who probably who didn't go practice. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Cool. That's cool. You're Jewish. I I like don't obviously don't meet many Peruvian Jews. So yeah, that's yeah. That's so interesting. I met like I met uh two the other day. What? So now I know four. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. But <laughs> just kind of funny because yeah. I feel like once you kind of like, I feel like I've been out of the adoption kind of like scene, and I I've to yet to learn all of these like terms. Um, like a tri triracial adoptee or biracial adoptee like i don't like still understand what a lot of these things are or like the term like coming out of the fog like what that is and so kind of going into being in these groups some of these groups and meeting some people and i'm just like wait what you're like you're jewish and you're peruvian too or or actually one of them was peruvian another one i think she was like from maybe argentina or something but still like it's just interesting because it's like yeah just such a, a different background from anybody else yeah, it's yeah. it's cool how these kind of like unique things overlap too. You know, it's like you might not be um, Peruvian, but you're from Ecuador and you were adopted as well as I, and but you're also Jewish too. Mm-hmm. You know, which is cool. Yeah, definitely another layer. But this has been really cool. It's been like a cool conversation, and I love how we're kind of like ending on like positive, a positive note, and just kind of like reflecting back on like childhood and just where we came from and how thankful we are right now. Yeah, definitely really appreciative of you uh, sharing your story. It was definitely like nice to hear all these um, things about you, you know, because I feel like I only met you briefly and mm-hmm. it's nice to, you know, catch up with you and uh, see where you are now. Yeah, for sure. This is great. Uh, it's funny because like, I think I've listened to almost all of your uh, episodes so I feel like I've been able to listen to you guys. Um, and I, I got to remind myself that like, you just kind of met me again for the first time <laughs> <laughs> today. So um, it's really cool just to uh, talk about all this and 
like I said, I'm a pretty much an open book. So anything else, anytime, definitely open to uh, talking more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. And sure. we'll keep up with like your journey too. you know, like you yeah. going back, like definitely want to hear about that and like For the sure. experience and For sure. yeah. all the emotions and everything that came with it. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God. Even like thinking of your, um, the notebook that your mom has, you know, that she kept with her and just thinking like, you're right. She totally should like either scan it for everybody to see because like I'm such like I love those little details or like make a book out of it because there's so many people who I'm sure are so interested in and don't have the opportunity to have that and that's just and, so cool and you can even continue it too when you go back you know yeah. just being having your own diary there it's like a, a cir completing circle you know yeah It'd be awesome yeah yeah definitely and yeah even like like you were saying, like, it's such a unique thing, but people like would want to hear about that. It's such a unique yeah. story. And there's always like somebody out there or a group of people out there that you can, that you can relate to, or they can, uh, they can relate to you. And, you know, there's always somebody list somebody listening. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you'll have to keep us up to date, but yes, we do really appreciate you coming on and mm -hmm. being so open to, cause I know it's, Adoption is always different for everybody, and it's not always, like, the best of times or the worst of times. It's just kind of, it's nice you're open to just saying, like, this is me. This is, this is where I came from. This is where I grew up. This is where I am now. Yeah. For, uh... Oh, we've been talking for two hours. That's crazy. Wow. Well, there's <laughs> a lot to say. A lot to say. I'm sure your dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a late lunch. <laughs> All right. So we will wrap it up, and you'll keep us up to date with everything, and... We'll yeah. talk to you soon. Hope you have a great night. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya. See ya.